Good evening. You are listening to the Fun Brewski Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Web Consulting. I'm CJ Medeiros, and with me is my good friend and co-host Justin Tucker. Mm-hmm. So today, we're, we're probably going to have a, a quick episode, hopefully, because we have the top five tight ends. That's right, kids. We're moving on to the offense. We're previewing the NFC East. And, of course, we have our fan box where we ask you, who's the most underrated tight end? Now, let's get rocking. Let's get rolling with our list of the top five tight ends in the NFL. Justin, would you care to kick us off? I'm going to go with number five, Dallas Goddard, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought he had a good year with Jalen Hurts. And I'm not going to, I've always thought he's been a top five guy for some time, but I now think he's finally getting the credit that he deserves. Interesting. Uh, Dallas Goddard is certainly one of the better tight ends in the league, and which is weird. I just want to point out to everyone at home, and I think Justin and I can agree the tight end position is very top heavy. You've got like the cream of the crop, like the top 10, and then like a bunch of randos. So. I feel like top eight, and then the yeah, probably position just goes down. Mm-hmm. And so for my number five, I have Darren Waller, the new tight end of the New York Giants. Skill-wise, yeah. he can't be denied. He's got great hands. He's fast. He's a good route runner. And he's got a new home in the Big Apple. So mm-hmm. the only – and. Oftentimes, he's considered top three, and the only reason why he's not number three for me is because he's coming off an injury, and an injury which basically hampered him to nine games, and even still across nine games, he only had 388 yards and three touchdowns. I think a change of scenery is just going to be exactly what he needs. I agree. Funny enough, he was actually going to be my number four because of the transition he's moving over to New York and adding another weapon that Daniel Jones would go to. He moved up for me. I I was thinking of putting uh, Dallas Goddard fourth, but I was like, Darren Waller's actually going to like a better system in New York. And I'm not going to say a better quarterback because I don't believe that right now. I don't care if he goes from Derek Carr to Daniel Jones. I don't believe in Danny Dimes. That's like just that. a lateral step, if I'm being honest. Just a bunch of mid right now, to say so the least. But I, I believe in uh, Darren Darren Waller to make Daniel Jones look like a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Quarterback, I think it will be a benefit to the New York Giants, who are who are a playoff team, adding weapons to, to help their new franchise quarterback. I didn't think I was going to say that today, but their new franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones and compliment that defense that they have. So overall, I think Darren Waller will be a benefit to that team. Now, if he can stay healthy, which is a big if, because he has some questions on that side of the ball from time to time, he'll miss some games. But overall, I still think he's a benefit to that team. And overall, I think he can help them in more ways than one. Yeah. So my number four, and by the way, in case you guys couldn't tell our Good friend Adam Wright couldn't be here, but he did. But he did text us his list, and I'm shocked that like nobody had him top five. But my number four is TJ Hawkinson. Mm. What is that really so egregious? Justin? No, it's not. No, it's not egregious. He just didn't make it in mine. That's fair. So last season played for two teams and was basically 
the third option on a stacked Vikings team, and yet managed to get 86 catches, 914 yards, and six touchdowns. Speaking of somebody who had him in fantasy, I can assure you this man is he he's great. He he kind of reminds me of like Gronk in a way, you know, just with his contested catch ability and just the power that he plays with. So a lot of people I think would be concerned that Hawkinson, you know, is obviously second behind Justin Jefferson, but without Adam Thielen there and you have an unproven rookie in Jordan Addison, I'd expect to see Hawkinson get a little more involved in the Vikings offense. I don't think so. I think they're going to try Jordan Addison right away, which is why I believe he won't get as many receptions as he did last year. I still think he'll get like 70 something, but not like 80. I don't see it. We'll see. I mean, I don't see Jordan Addison performing better than uh, Thielen. That's just me. Really? As a rookie? You don't think he can come and give you 800 yards? No, he can, but I just think Hawkinson's just going to get a line share of the targets, especially in the red zone. Yeah, that's but fair. That's neither here nor there. We'll target him in the red zone. Mm-hmm. All righty. We're now down to the knitting gritty. We're in the top three, aren't we? Yes, we are. My number three is George Kittle. Now, if he could stay healthy for a full season, he's my number one guy because I like the way he blocks and receives the ball and after the catch. He's just overall the package at the tight end spot. But again, I'm a little worried about his injuries and whether or not he can stay on the field, which is why he gets bumped down to number three. But if he could stay on the field, I don't have to make an argument for him. This guy is a beast in the run game, the passing game. You can use him on end arounds. You can use him in many different ways. It's just you can put him in motion. He's just a matchup nightmare no matter where you put him. You can even put him on edge rushers, and he can still give you a good block. Just watching him play, he he, it's very impressive the way he plays, even though over the years, his like his receiving yards have gone down just a tiny bit. But overall, looking at the tight end spot, I don't think I really don't think from like a healthy standpoint, I don't think there's anybody better at being a tight end than George Kittle. He just fits the position from mindset to work ethic to all around. He just fits. Yeah, uh, I, I'm inclined to agree, which is why George Kittle is also my number three. So the thing is with Kittle, you hit the nail right on the head. It's injuries. The injury bug has hit him hard. But what secures him a spot above guys like Waller, Goddard, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and Hawkinson is just the sheer amount of touchdowns he gets. He got 11 touchdowns last year despite battling injury. And while his yardage has gone down he's still just i mean you put it better than i could that man is darn near unstoppable when he's on the field keyword Mm. when it it hurts it hurts watching him because he's just so good he just can't stay on the field and that running game they have in san francisco i don't think it'd be as good as it is without george kittle on that team yeah that's a valid argument who's your number two Oh, I was oh man, I was fighting demons with this. Oh man, I, oh god, this was egregious to me. Oh man, it oh I, it hurts. It you hurts. Better not. You better I, not I have to do this. But my number two guy, the one I put number two, 
is my guy Mark Andrews. Oh, he is, he was without question going to be number one. But I looked at the season Travis Kelsey had, and fresh off a of Super Bowl, I'm like, I can't be nasty with it. I can't be egregious with it. <laughs> oh, he just won a Super Bowl. I can't I can't be this way. Mark Andrews is without a doubt uh, the second best tight end in the league because he can stay healthy and can do everything. I want to say Kittle can do just minus the blocking ability. I think Kittle is a better blocker, but he can stay on the field. He can block, he can catch, he can receive, he can do end arounds, he can do what the offense needs him to do. He can even play X out wide. And when the Ravens need him, he can go up and catch catch a pass when he's being doubled because he's unstoppable in the middle of the field. When Mar- when Lamar Jackson needs someone to go to, he always looks for 89 and for good reason. The only issue is there's one guy that's just a little bit better than him at the tight end spot. As much as it pains me to say, even though I wanted to put him number one, Adam had him number one, which, who, by the way, isn't here. I wanted to agree with Adam, but I was like, I can't put my bias in the way of this. Mark Andrews is number two, but there's only a real number one guy here. Yeah. Mark Andrews is also my number two. And, well, I mean, you you put it pretty well and i want to point out the reason i also have him over kittle is one because of health and also he's i actually think he's gonna get more targets even though the ravens added guys like odell and zay flowers because lamar has verbally committed to throwing the ball more and that can only be good for mark andrews so and by the way justin i really thought you were gonna put mark andrews at number one i was ready i was ready to go to war over Oh, listen, I tried. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I was thinking hard about this one. Yeah, I hear that. I so demons. I, I feel like our number one is the same. So, so you know what? Out of the kindness of my heart, I'll let you speak for both of us because we are because we both are the same person and we're both going to say the same thing. So yeah. would you care to tell the world who our number one is? All right, without further ado, the number one guy, without for, without doubt, zero hesitation, is the guy from Kansas City, Travis Kelsey. I mean, every time I see him, it's just he's open again. I don't know how Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey do it on a regular basis, but whenever it feels like hopeless, all of Travis, I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes has to do is just look over the middle, Kelsey's wide open. And I'm like, how? How does he get open this consistently? He's beating guys off the line bad. Oh, he's the best route runner at the tight end spot. He's got wiggle in his hips. Pause. He's a he's good after the catch. He's hard to bring down, and he's a decent blocker. I mean, I don't know. He's actually contending with Travis. I mean, with Tony Gonzalez as the greatest tight end in Kansas City history. And I don't understand how he can get away with this. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion, definitely a Hall of Famer already, and definitely going down in the Mount Rushmore of tight ends. I just don't know what, how much more he can do to like further facilitate how, like, where else can he go? I mean, another if he wins another ring and continues to put up like another thousand-yard season, he might be the greatest tight end to ever live. If you just look at his numbers and his accomplishments, perhaps. So overall, yeah, Kelsey, I mean, was was there really any doubt? None. The only thing about him that worries me is that the co- when it comes to receiving talent, the cupboard's pretty bare in Kansas City. 
So I imagine Kelsey's going to get force-fed the ball, and he is 33. I'll just leave it at that. And if something happens to him, it's going to be really difficult for him to come back at that age. But overall, I don't think it's that much of a concern. Yeah, I yeah. don't see that that much of a concern at all, especially when you have Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. Yeah. I think he'll just find ways to give Travis Kelsey the ball, no matter the circumstances, even with shovel passes. Yep. So that does it for our tight end rankings. And now we are going to move on to preview the NFC East. That's right. We are now starting to preview the NFC. And you're definitely not going to want to miss that. So don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast on Power 88, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm CJ Medeiros, and with me, of course, is my good friend Justin Tucker. No Adam Wright, but we can hold it down. It's all good. I think so. I think so. Thank you. So now we're moving into the NFC in our division previews. We're kicking off with the NFC East, home of the reigning uh, NFC champions, Philadelphia Eagles. So, Tucker, my friend. Yeah. I'm going to make a statement. Let me hear I believe that this division is, uh, is Phillies to lose. They, there is no reason that they should not win again. Mm-hmm. I... I agree. I think Dallas is obviously going to be in contention, but I also believe New York is going to be there. And for like half of the season, I believe the Washington Commanders are going to be there just because it's the NFC East. And for some reason, last year, all of them were playoff contending teams. Now, that doesn't say much, but still, all four of them at one point in time were playoff teams. So, I believe all of them will be in contention. I believe all of them will be around. But I believe the Eagles, with what they did throughout the draft and their just collection of talent overall, I think that's what edges them out over everybody else. Yeah, I hear you. The Eagles now are my favorites to take it too. There is one thing on that team that concerns me. Now, it's not analytical, but... The Super Bowl hangover. Let me tell you something, kids. It's real. The Super Bowl hangover is very, very real. And Adam has brought this up because he kind of likes the Cowboys in this division, and I disagree. But there is no denying the Cowboys got better. You know, that they added guys like Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore in free agency. 
you know, you got Tony Pollard back for another year, you know, like some small adjustments here and there. Their draft was not that bad. Mm-hmm. But, but when you combine that with the Super Bowl hangover, that could be a little bit concerning for, for Philly. You know, you know, like barring like something catastrophic happening. But now obviously Philly and Dallas are the top dogs. There's no debating that. I kind of want to look at the Giants. You see, Brian DeBall is a great coach. You saw what he did in just one year there. Heck, yeah. he even got them a playoff win. So maybe I'm just a hater, but I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. And for those of you who don't what? know, they gave him a big boy contract this offseason. You're not sold on Danny Dimes? I just I I don't know. I mean, even last season, Jones, it's just if you are in like a high scoring shootout, right? And yeah. you need a guy to keep pace, I don't think he's that guy. I really don't. He threw for 3,205 yards last season, only five interceptions, and that's good, but 15 touchdowns. That's it. It's just plain and simple. He doesn't really just have a nose for the end zone. And and I I just – I don't think that was worthy of getting a huge contract. I I really don't. And I would also like to point out – that his career high, I mean, I, I mean the, the yardage that I just listed for last season, that's his career high, 3,200 yards. And he's only thrown for over 20 touchdowns once. And mm-hmm. I know he's also a scrambling threat, but I just, I'm not sold. If You're not sold sense. on Vanilla Vic? No, I am not sold on Vanilla Vic. Also, the real Michael Vic wouldn't let the turf monster get him when he's wide open, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. It's just, And I just, when you really sit down and think, I mean, you got Saquon, right? You got Darren Waller. Your O-line's getting better. Defense is getting better. But is it enough to compete? And that's with- if they have Saquon. Yeah. Wait, has Saquon signed his tender or no? I don't think so. I, think so. I haven't seen reports of it. I don't nah, know. He might have. He might have, and I'm just – I haven't seen it yet, but I don't think he has, and I think that's going to be an issue down the line. Yeah. If Saquon holds out, then that's going to be a very, very big issue for that offense because – and even still, Saquon does have injury issues. And speaking of the Giants, if Saquon Barkley goes down – then and, and if the burden's on Daniel Jones's shoulders, I don't see anything happening. Yeah, which is why they're the third best team behind the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think I see I like their defense, obviously. Their defense is fine. It's just the yeah. offense surrounding it that's the big question mark. Yeah. Saquon can't just carry this whole team on his back. I don't think I I'm concerned with Daniel Jones. I think he'll have more passing yards than thirty two hundred. I guess they finally so. gave him some better weapons in Darren Waller. But I think overall, I think it's just I hopefully he'll have a better year. I believe mm-hmm. he'll have a better year. Hopefully he'll throw more than 15 touchdown passes. But again, yeah. it's Danny Dimes. One moment he looks like a stud. The next moment I should be starting over him. So you just never know. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
but overall, when I look at this team, they have their moments, and I think they'll be in contention. But when I look at the Eagles, I think they're just head and shoulders better because I think their defense is, is a little bit better, and their offense is just flat out better. So I see them ahead of them. Yeah. And then the Cowboys, they have the talent to be better than what the the Giants are right now. So that's where I have the Giants. Where yeah. they're at. I will say one thing, though, about I don't want to get too much into it, but the Cowboys, I just one reason why I don't think they'll really go that far. It's coaching. I do not trust Mike McCarthy to coach. That is he has just led them to disappointment after disappointment. And, well, we haven't really touched on the commanders, but do we need to? We all know they're finishing last unless Jacoby Brissett or Sam Howell becomes the second coming of Tom Brady. Yeah, if all of a sudden they make amazing read progressions and throw accurate passes like nobody's business, (laughs) nah, I don't see them coming in first. But they could surprise us. They could surprise us. You never know. Any given Sunday. So – so you know we're we're gonna wrap this up, right? You know we 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 you know we talked about the NFC East. It's it's pretty cut and dry. It should be Philly's division unless Super Bowl hangover gets them. But now we are moving on to the Fumble Ruski fan box, where we will tell you what the people are saying about the most underrated tight ends. So don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm CJ Medeiros with my good co-host, Justin Tucker. So now, boys and girls, it's that time again. It's time for the Fumble Ruski fan box. So in case you don't know, here's how it works. We post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday or every week, you know, sometimes it varies if we're taking some time off, wink, wink. And you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Be sure to respond to next week's fan box to be featured on our show. And now here's the question of the week. Who is the NFL's most underrated tight end? So we got some responses. Let's dive in, shall we? First up is Brian Mucker, who says, quote, Tyler Conklin does not get enough love or attention. Not a bad pick. Yeah. I mean, he is a Jets fan, so that makes sense. Next, Ian Mullern said Dalton Schultz. He could be. I I will say this. He does not get enough credit for what the Dallas Cowboys ask of him. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus, he's going to be the number one target in Houston. You know, C.J. Stroud's a security blanket there. Yeah. Next, uh, Jay-Z8 Hockey said Greg Dolchich from the Broncos. 
You know, I, I don't think he's coming up. I don't think he's underrated. I think he's rated I, just fine. I don't know. I definitely think he's taken the tight end one position from Albert O there. But but with Sean Payton, I definitely think some big things could be in store. Yeah. Owen Van Slack had a few responses. First is Brock Wright from the Lions. Now, is he underrated? I'd say so, but I don't know how good he's going to be because the Lions spent a, a second rounder on Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa, and you know yeah. he's right on Wright's tail. If they run a two tight end side, we can figure it out, figure it out simple, like as soon enough. So maybe. Yeah. Owen Van Slack again. This time says Cade Otten from the Buccaneers. Hey, Cameron Brate's gone. So Otten would be he does the have opportunity player. to shine. Yeah. But then again, when you have Baker Mayfield or uh, God forbid Wild the trash. other guy there, Trask, thank you. Throwing to you. Well, I'm not I'm not thrilled. And Patrick Williver also says Cade Otten. I understand why, but if they're doing a lot of dinks and dunks, then Otten's your guy. He, he's got a ways to go, but I think he can be something special. What do you think? Could be. He has potential, but yeah. I'm not sure just yet based upon his current situation. Yeah. Floodster Sports Zone says Hunter Henry. Hey. The Henry who hunts. I love me. Oh, man. If he could just stay healthy, he would be underrated. The problem is he can't stay healthy. He's like, been healthy in New England. And you got to remember, one season under Matt Patricia and everyone forgets how good he was. Even under the uh, season with Matt Patricia, I want to I say the Minnesota game, he actually played good. Yeah, until they took away that touchdown, sapped our momentum. That, 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 that was a touchdown. That was a, that was a – Hunter Henry did score that touchdown, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm like, okay, he did mm-hmm. have his moments. Yeah. Either way – uh, next is a uh, Brogdon Hill who says Hayden Hurst, the new tight end of the Panthers. Is he underrated? Yeah, I, I'd argue so. He's bounced around a little, but I definitely think he can help Trey Young. Uh, tr- wow, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, not Trey Young. <laughs> Bryce Young. I definitely think he's going to help Bryce Young develop. And uh, next, Connor Fallon, who I believe is a Bears fan, says Cole Komet. Actually, yes, I do. Yeah. The problem is there was a time when, like, the, the Bears all of a sudden just wanted all the tight ends. They had Jimmy. That's Ryan. when they drafted him. Yeah, and we all said, huh, you have enough tight ends as it is. But Cole Komet, uh, yeah, he's underrated. Next is yeah. Cola. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say next is Cola DJ, who says Noah Fant, the Seahawks tight end. It's funny because he's become an afterthought in that trade to Denver between Denver. Yeah. Like, I feel like his name should be brought up a lot more, but I don't hear it enough. Yeah, same. Plus, you got to remember, they have a really good duo with Lockett and Metcalf, so fans get to get overshadowed. Yes. But uh, Grayson Mortimer says Hunter Henry. Once again, yes. Hey, mm-hmm. one, one season with Matt Patricia and how soon we forget. But Bill O'Brien mastered the two tight end set. I'm expecting some good things. Yeah. Next, there's a Derek Houle who says Chig Akonkwo. Yes, he's very underrated. 
Yep. Yeah, Even exactly. For the Tennessee Titans, he's very underrated. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, Tennessee's he's from the University of Maryland, too. Yes, we know Justin loves his guys from the University of Maryland. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You know how we do. You know how we do. <laughs> Next is a Josh Hool who says Tyler Conklin. We've been over this. Yeah, I guess. He has his moments. I definitely think playing with Rodgers will help him out. Yeah. And finally, for the third time, Owen Van Slack, he's fast with these, says Jawan Johnson from the Saints. I haven't seen enough Saints to make a educated guess. I will guess. say he's underrated. I had to start him for a few games in fantasy in a different league. He, he helped a bit. I'll take your word for it, but I haven't seen enough Saints game. But maybe with Derek Carr, maybe maybe with some consistency at the quarterback spot. I know you don't think Derek Carr is this good quarterback, but I think he's he, all right, and I think he can help. Yeah, I think he can help. He's better than old James. Right yep. So that does it for the fan box. Justin, do you have anything else to add before we uh, hit the wrap up? No, I'm, I'm I'm good. I think yeah, I have nothing else to say. All right, can't wait for the season to get here. I'm right there with you, man. So that'll do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening. We also have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel because we have our episode and we also have our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.